Hello there. I greet you with Jesus' joy and what a wonderful, blessed privilege it is for us to resume Bible study for the next uh, few weeks as we prepare to close out the year of 2022. Uh, I am humbled and honored for all of those that are joining us online and we thank God for each and every one of your presence. And as you continue to join us online, um, welcome back to uh, TNT. Uh, last time we were together, we were dealing with the problem of evil and suffering. And we want to continue along that vein uh, over the next several times that we are together uh, as we unpack in a very meaningful way uh, why there is evil, why there is suffering, and what is the challenge and the response to those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Uh, as I've shared before, and you've heard me perhaps preach this uh, various times, that um, when we look at what the scripture says as far as how we got to the place where we are, we know that two fundamental things has happened in the past. Uh, according to the scriptures, that Lucifer, who was the angel of worship, caught a glimpse of himself and became full of himself and because of self-aggrandizement thought that he should be God. And he caused uh, some angels to follow his flow and the Lord cast him out of heaven. Uh, the second one is, is that Lucifer, Satan, the devil, uh, then impersonates a snake and convinces Adam and Eve to disobey God. And because of that, we now, according to scripture, deal with suffering and evil. So I want to continue to unpack that as far as our time together is concerned. But before we um, do that, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. As we sense and seek the ultimate teacher uh, to share with us what we should gather and glean in this moment. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to study your word, to hear from you, to unpack in a very meaningful and deep way. While we are dealing with suffering and how do we handle evil? And as we, oh God, continue to unpack, raise questions, wrestle with evil, overcome suffering. We pray that by you giving us the insights that we need, that you transform our minds from playing the role of victim to acting like the victors that we are. Help us to understand, oh God, that there is nothing and nobody who can overcome you and since we're in you, that ultimately there is nothing and nobody who can truly and ultimately overcome us. So as we, oh God, uh, since what scriptures have to say, give us ears to hear and give us the spirit to apply what we gather and what we glean in these moments. Yes, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So what I want to do is um, call your attention 
for the time that is mine to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. We want to look at verses 8 and 9. And then I'm going to call your attention to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8 part A. All right. So I see many of you all who are joining us online. We thank God so much for your presence uh, as far as this time is concerned. Second Peter chapter three, verses eight and nine, it reads like this. Um, but beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Isn't that absolutely amazing and incredible? The Lord does not want any of us to repent, but he wants to give everybody the space, the time, to make a change. Um, and then if we can go to Hebrews. And in Hebrews. Chapter 3 verse 7. It reads. Therefore. As the Holy Spirit says. Today. If you hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts. As in rebellion. And let me read that last part too. In the days of trial in the wilderness. <clears throat> so there are several things that I want to unpack as we get ready to drill down what it is that the Lord should uh, even give us the grace to give us time. And as we unpack this, really what I'm wanting us to understand is that you and I cannot really understand uh, how God helps us to navigate suffering and how God helps us to deal with evil until we're connected to God through salvation by placing our hope, faith, and confidence in Jesus Christ. Once we do that, once we answer the call to salvation, once we say yes to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we gain a different perspective of what it means to be part of those who are considered to be the elect. And when we understand who we are in God, it gives us, now this is where I'm trying to drive home, it gives us a totally different understanding of how we navigate suffering and how we deal with, with evil, okay? Um, but in order to do that, again, if you're part of the culture, if you're part of the world, if you are giving God the middle finger, <laughs> and I say that in a very pejorative uh, perspective because that's what a whole lot of us in the culture are doing. Uh, we're thumbing our nose at God and giving God the middle finger. 
But when you say yes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your whole perspective changed because, like Paul said, we don't conform to the ways of this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So the scriptures I've read for you today is, why should the Lord be so long in coming back? Uh, I want you to understand that it is interesting to note that we have a whole lot of folks trying to predict when Jesus is going to return. You know, people been saying ever since Jesus was resurrected from the grave and ascended back to heaven that, you know, the last day is going to occur here or the last day is going to occur there or the uh, or where the end times are happening now. Let me just say that ever since Jesus went back, we've been in the last days. But I want you to understand something that Peter helps us to understand. And I pray you and I should appreciate. Peter says that a thousand years are like a day in the sight of the Lord. And one day is like a thousand years. So what we got to understand is that God counts time a whole lot different than humanity. All right. God counts time a whole lot different than humanity. And basically what Peter is quoting is Peter is really quoting Psalm 90 verse four, where it says a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it's passed and like a night in the watch, I like a watch in the night. So again, understand that we're living in the last days, been in the last days ever since Jesus went back to be with the father. Um, we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. All we're doing is basically engaging in at best speculation. I never forget something my mentor, the late Reverend Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor said, and I still say it today. If you do what Jesus told you to do in the first coming, the second coming will take care of itself. So with that, I think that it's very important for us to understand that people see time against time, okay? So we see a day equaling a day. We see an hour equaling an hour. Or we see a minute equaling a minute. But with God, God sees time against eternity. <laughs> All right? So, so God is looking at time against the backdrop of eternity. And so with God seeing time against the backdrop of eternity, God does not equate time like we do. All right. Now I'm going somewhere with this because I want to really flesh out and unpack um, this, this thing. So what to people, including those who are atheists and agnostic and doubters and scoffers, uh, talking about, you know, even those of us in the church, when is Jesus going to come back and rid the world of suffering and evil and establish his kingdom in a very real and manifested way? I think what we have to understand is that God's time is different than our time, which to us may seem late, but to God is always on time. Let me say it again. To us, it seems late. But to God is always on time, which is why God has a way of moving 
that may not necessarily gel with the way we want God to move. But when God moved, we have to admit that when we look back at it, yeah, God did that thing in a very cool and a very meaningful way. So <clears throat> just think about it. The church is approximately nearly 2,000 years old. So the present church age, in God's eyes, ain't even quite two days yet. <laughs> All right. The other thing that I want to drop on you is that when we look at how God navigates uh, our time against the backdrop of eternity, the second reason the Lord's return seems to be so long in coming is this. And here's where I want to drop the hammer and really drop the mic. God wants as many people to be saved as possible. Did you get that? God wants as many people to be saved as possible. All right. Uh, the Lord is not slow in keeping this promise, but God is waiting for as many of those to be saved as possible. God wants as many people to say yes to God by hearing the gospel, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He is giving as many people time to be saved. So what we view as God being late <laughs> or God being slow or God not being engaged, uh, it ain't that God is late. It ain't that God is slow. It ain't even that God is, is uh, delaying because the scripture says the Lord is not delaying his promise in the sense that some think it is a delay. Or the Lord is not slack his promise as some who uh, counter slackness. But God is patiently waiting for as many people to say yes to Jesus as possible. Uh, I see uh, someone, uh, Mr. Mill said, where are you going? This is where I'm going. <laughs> um, um, and so when it comes to dealing even with the problem of suffering and evil, that as long as we are in this reality, we're going to have suffering. We're going to have to overcome evil. But even with dealing with all of that, God wants as many people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior before he comes and does his thing in a very powerful way that no one will be able to stand. Okay, so God's time schedule basically is undergirded, check this out, by God's patience. Y'all see that word in verse nine, long suffering toward us? That ain't enough, that, that's a, just a fancy word for God's patience. That God's patience is that, that none of us should die without Christ but that all, and he means all, should come to repentance. Watch this, even though all will not come to repentance. So it's God's desire for all, even though all will not come to repentance. So this is not about um, universal salvation. This is not about everybody going to get saved. No. He wants everybody to be saved. 
but he knows that others will reject him. All right. So, so, so that's, that is the understanding of what I just dropped on you. And here's the other one. When we talk about Hebrew, chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, um, want to really drive this point home uh, as far as this Bible study is concerned. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as those in the wilderness. And so basically the writer of Hebrews is telling us that the moment you hear Jesus Christ urging you, the moment the movement of the Holy Spirit is messing with you, saying, listen, you need to get your life right with God. You need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The author of Hebrews saying, don't act like the folks in the wilderness, your biblical ancestors. That when you hear the voice of God saying, you know you're not where you should be, come now. He is saying you need to come. All right. He does not want us to do like the children of Israel did when the children of Israel were being led by Moses. They saw God do all these wonderful miracles. They still did not believe because they hardened their heart. And because they hardened their heart, what should have taken two months became a 40-year journey. Let me say it again. What should have taken two months because they had a hard heart, became a 40-year journey. All right? Let me say it one more time. What should have taken two years became a 40-year journey. All right? Now, let's get to the good stuff. Because I want you to understand that God has a plan, that God has, watch this, Foreknowledge, which means that God knows everything from the beginning to end. And God has already foreordained, which means that God already has a desired outcome for certain things that will happen when we do certain things. Okay. All right. So someone right now may be watching this Bible study. You may have been coming to the church, but you may not have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you have not experienced the forgiveness of sin, and you have not entered the assurance of your salvation, um, and with the assurance of salvation comes uh, good times and hard times. So God may be using <laughs> even this moment to help you to understand, hey, you got time to get right with God. So God tells us that the reason why he has been so patient in um, holding Jesus back and wrapping up human history is so that we can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. In other words, God is trying to give as many people the opportunity to get right. That's what this boils down to. God is trying to give everybody the opportunity to get right, even though everybody won't get right. All right. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is that God has been waiting for you. 
if you're watching me online right now, you don't know who Jesus Christ is as your Lord and Savior. God is waiting for you. If you don't get nothing else today, God is waiting for you. The reason why the Lord has not returned yet is because God is waiting for you to say yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, I want you to understand that God's plan is still going on. It, 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 it is not slowing down. It's going on. But it will only run according to the divine time and purpose. God is in no hurry because God brings about everything in its season. Okay. All right. And, he, and, he, and, he, and here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Stop waiting. Come to Jesus Christ right now. If you don't know who he is, stop waiting. Stop saying, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Because guess what? One of two things is going to happen. Either Jesus Christ is going to return or you're going to die. Now, I think that's the second shoe that just dropped. If Jesus Christ doesn't return um, anytime soon, sooner or later, you're going to die. So either one way or the other, God is giving you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus while you have what? Life in your body, while you have breath in your lungs. While, as the old folks used to say, while the blood is running warm in your veins, you have the opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if you hear this call of God from the word of God and you know that you're not saved, he is saying, come on right now. He's saying, come on right now. And and and, and how, how do you do that? Very easily. First of all, you just got to admit that you are a sinner. You were born a sinner. And because of sin, we are corrupt and we are condemned. And because we were born a sinner, we manifest sinful actions through personal sin. And so we are guilty and corrupt before God. And here's what I want to drop on you. Ceremonies, um, good works, rituals, joining the church, even getting baptized in the water does not save you from your sins. Okay? Ceremonies, good works, rituals, joining the church, even getting water baptized does not save you from your sins. You could do all that stuff and still be a sinner. But if the Holy Spirit comes into your life and the Holy Spirit resurrects you from a spiritual death, and you desire to be in relationship with God, you get forgiveness from your sins, uh, you rebel, uh, you, you stop rebelling against God. What you got to do is after you confess your sins, you got to humbly rely on the grace of God alone. You got to repent, got to change, got to confess your sins before an, a, a, a holy and sovereign God. And trust in the good news. And here's what the good news is. And this is what shouts me at this moment. That Jesus Christ 
has died on the cross for our sins, that Jesus Christ has taken on the punishment that you and I should have had on the cross. He bore the penalty. He became our substitute. He became the one that took on the very wrath of God, the anger of God, the frustration of God. That's why God turned his head from Christ because he looked at Christ and saw not Christ's sins because Christ did not sin. He saw our sins and it just disgusted God. That's why you and I are saved when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior by virtue of the fact that when God looks at us, he does not look at us and all of our mess. He looks at us through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The, the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been imparted to us in a very powerful way. It's almost like a covering. I, I think sometimes when we talk about I'm covered by the blood of the lamb, you know, we use that, you know, we shout about that. You know, I'm covered by the blood of the lamb. Uh, but, you know, being covered by the blood of the lamb, it ain't real blood. It ain't red blood. It, 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 that, that being covered by the blood of the lamb, thank you, God, for this revelation. That being covered by the blood of the lamb basically means that you and I have the very righteousness of Jesus Christ that's on us. <laughs> yeah, you and I have the very righteousness of Jesus Christ on us. And when we talk about being covered by the blood of the lamb, we're really speaking of being covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so God accepted Jesus' Jesus's death for our sins. And then watch this. After Jesus died for our sins, God raised him from the dead. That's the good news. That's the good news. That's the good news. That's the good news. And this is, watch this, what then reorient, reorient, uh, uh, reorient us to deal with suffering and to supplant evil. Okay? Believe the good news that Christ died for you, rose from the dead for you, and will save you from the wrath of God the moment you accept and believe the good news. When you accept, whoo, I'm trying not to holler and shout because this just gets me. When you accept the good news, when you believe the good news, when you confess your sins to Jesus Christ and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your sins are fully and freely forgiven. And you can not only know that you are destined for eternal life, but guess what? You can experience eternity right now. In other words, 
there's a shift in how you live your life right now. And, and oh God, this thing is getting to me. In other words, because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, because I've said yes to God through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in me and the Holy Spirit transforms my thinking, transforms my action, transforms my conversations, transforms my walk, transforms my talk. Even though every now and then I have the capacity to mess up and fall short and not do what God would have for me to do. The Holy Spirit is doing a work of sanctification in my life that is helping me to make the shift from being constricted by time to becoming conformed to eternity. And in my being conformed to eternity, then basically because I am now being conformed to eternity, there are some things I become dissatisfied with in the realm of time. And two of the things that I become dissatisfied with in the realm of time are evil and suffering. Which means that the words that Jesus prayed in what we call the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, oh God, I'm trying not to preach, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, basically means that when you and I say yes to God by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that God is shifting us from the narrow constrictions of time into the limitless expanses of eternity, which means that we become dissatisfied with the way that the culture does things. We become dissatisfied with the evils of this world. We become dissatisfied with sin. And even though at times we continue to do some stuff that displeased God, we ain't satisfied with it. Ah. So check this out Because when you say yes to God When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior Your sins are forgiven When you have believed and been saved Then you need to get connected To a group of people Because guess what It's really hard for you to teach yourself And it's really hard for you to hold yourself accountable and this is, if you don't get anything else, I want you to get this today. That the essence of salvation, even though it is personal, um, it is never meant to be private, number one. And the ultimate result of salvation is not personal, but communal. <laughs> Let me, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, because when you're saved, you're then called to help shift community to become better. Yep. Which is why you're called to join a church where you can grow under the preaching and the teaching of the scriptures and in fellowship with the people of God. 
<sighs> now, 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 now. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Got a whole lot of folks in the culture and the world saying, you know, when them folks down at church, they're a bunch of hypocrites. They don't do what they say they're going to do, and they act worse than the world, and so-and-so, so-and-so. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's true. There, there are hypocrites in the church. There are folks who, who don't measure up to what they talk about. This is the 8th of December. January 2nd, if not the 1st, but definitely January 2nd, first Monday in January. Gyms, fitness centers, are going to be almost filled to capacity. Okay. You know why? Because it's New Year. Folks, part of their New Year resolution is to what? Lose weight, become a better person, all that good job. Gyms are going to be filled. Right? I'm talking about they say it's talking about they don't want to go to church because hypocrites. But they'll go to a gym. They'll go to a gym. They will go to a gym and 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 gyms are full. Now it's interesting to note. That when they go to the gym, they see people at two extremes and in the middle. They see those who are physically fit, buff, muscular, both male and female. I mean, got muscles everywhere. Even got muscles in their forehead. I mean, just muscles everywhere. Okay? Got that extreme. So they look like, yeah, this place is for them. But then you got those on the other extreme who are very much overweight, struggling to walk in, but they're in the gym. Then you got those that are in the middle. Those that are extremely fit, those that are morbidly obese, trying to get right, and then the rest are in the middle. And that don't stop people from going to the gym because they see morbidly obese people in the gym trying to get right because if that was then they'd be hypocrites wouldn't they maybe just maybe the church is for everybody because we all fall along that spectrum in the lord's house where there are those who look like they are vibing with god in a great way that they know god on a first name basis and then there are others who shoot just got through uh, getting high. Just got through fornicating. Just got through doing some things that God just drops his head and discuss. And they're in the church. Maybe just maybe the church is for hypocrites. To be convicted. And convinced. To make a change. So, so, so stop using there are a bunch of hypocrites in the church because that's the place really where all of us should be. Here's what God wants you to do. Get part of a fellowship, a local church. Use your gifts that God has given you to build up the local church. And you can't put that off. It's essential. I close on this.
because this is where the rubber meets the road. That God ultimately is going to hold you responsible for your decision. He doesn't make any of us come to him. God has given us free agency. He gives you the power of choice. It's up to you. You got to believe to be saved and he calls on you to place your trust in all that Christ has done on the cross. Right now, if you're not saved, is your opportunity to get saved. Is your opportunity to say yes to God through Jesus Christ. While God patiently gives us the opportunity to get right with him. Because when you get right with him, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a different attitude toward both suffering and evil that allows for you to try to do all that you can to diminish both in the earth realm. Are there any questions before we close out for today? Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Amen. I pray that this lesson has blessed you as it has blessed me. I was trying not to shout uh, and go into preacher mode, but this thing was getting good to me as I was teaching it. <laughs> so it is my hope and prayer that um, that this has blessed you. And uh, as we prepare to leave, let me just say how wonderfully blessed I was on last night during our prayer call where we had over 121 portals spaces on the prayer call and just think about that 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 at that time there could have been two or more people on some of those spaces i was just absolutely blown away last night by that and um to god be the pray to god to god be the glory for that. I also want to encourage you that if you feel led to give, you can do that at this time. You can mail check a money order to the church uh, at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can bring your cash check a money order to the church. Just call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is there who can receive your offering and put it in the right holding place. Uh, the second way you can give is through ACS of Church Life on our website. Then you can also give through the app called Givelify. And um, uh, just search for St. Paul Baptist Church on Givelify. Download that app if you don't have it. Search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. Connect to your favorite credit card in three clicks you can give. So if you feel like giving, just put it under Bible study or TNT. And uh, you can give as far as that is concerned. Uh, I want to thank you for your time and uh, effort. I pray that this lesson has blessed you. Um, and if the Lord says the same, look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning, either in person or virtually, um, as the Lord gives us health, life, and strength. God bless you.
Hmm.